We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. All right, Light Years Podcast, we are back. Andy Liu, Sam Fendiari, and uh, oh, you know what? I forgot we're not doing the episode thing again because we've had guests the last couple of weeks. See, every week, every I th- week. I think I we're, we're, we're post-episodes, just like the Lakers are, oh. are post-winning. You know, we don't need to give episode numbers anymore. They don't need to win games anymore. Holy shit, we're not even, we're not even going to – that's, that's <laughs> we're right we're going into. Was last night one of the better, like, just – this whole week has been amazing for basketball. For the yeah, NBA as a whole, you know it's, it's been crazy, incredible. Dude. You know it's the crazy thing when when the league was starting, um, I was excited, but I was also kind of like, do we really need hoops to start in mid October? Like, no one's gonna like find a rhythm for like six to eight weeks, and some of it's been sloppy. But like the competitiveness of these games, oh my god! Like, you can, you can we, we'll get into it. Like the Warriors maybe aren't executing well, but they're playing harder than I saw them play at any point in the regular season last year. And it's yeah. just, it's been fun. It's not just the Warriors. It's like, there's been good games across the board. Yeah. So, I mean, for the Lakers, they'll, <laughs> no matter what week it is, they're not going to play any defense. But, um, but I, we're, uh, we're sponsored. I'm, I'm supposed to say these things and we always, me and Seb always forget. But, um, everybody that listens to Light Years podcasts, uh, make sure you let everyone know, uh, to subscribe. Uh, make sure five you stars. rate five stars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah five, five stars and slander. That's what we want. <laughs> We want you, you know, to rate, rate five stars and then just you know let everyone know how how much you hate how uh, long winded Sam is or um, uh, you know how fobby Andy sounds. I don't know. Hey, hey so uh, we got to read some. Actually, while we're here, I was reading some of the uh, some of the comments that people leave. Um, do you know that people actually listen to us and then actually leave like slander? Uh, thingies, <laughs> but I'll make sure to to tie them in <laughs> to this week's pod. How about, but yeah, how about I mean, this? We'll read the best, the wittiest ones next week. Don't just come with the you know three um, one two thousand sixteen. Like that's not slander. I need something creative. I need some jokes. We will <laughs> read the I mean, best ones next week. Look look at this one. Look at this one. Is this guy said Treb Rendell? I don't know who that is. Rendell says it's surprising that these young fellows can sneak. So he's got to be old. Sneak mildly impressive insight into a conversation while sounding as ditzy as someone that voted for Trump. Come on. Or hangs out <laughs> at a Bo- out Balboa cafe. Um, but he rated us five stars. Called us Trump supporters but gave us five stars. That's okay. That works for us. I'll take it. Um, 
You know, I haven't dug into them recently. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna go look at them. <laughs> okay, there's one we more might, before we, might we regret. We, we might regret we, asking people to leave. Leave the uh, slander, but for now we'll a, go with it. <laughs> there's one more before we we got to promote another pod. But there's a oh, this guy Julestown23. He said met them in Oakland. He said they like the booch. Not sure what that means. Booch heads big time. Not sure what that means. Maybe we got to cancel. Maybe we got to take that one out. Andy is a wild, crazy Rolling Stone. Oh my god! And Sam is like Dexter from Dexter. I'm sure he kills people for the better. <laughs> Woo! I don't. Hey. Yeah, maybe we don't want to read these anymore. <laughs> you know, actually, guys, just leave nice reviews. <laughs> I just want. Um, I just want you know, just you know, tell people how how insightful Andy's comment on Steph making threes is. <laughs> yeah, um, that that works. The five stars will work. So we've got another. Uh, Another another podcast that's coming on uh, for Kevin Jones Blue Wire. It's been great um, th- this last month. Here he's got another one. Um, he's got undraft another und- one. Undraftable undraft. What does it say? Undraftable. Oh God! Can't even promote it correctly. My favorite uh, thing about this is you're like gloating all day about Lowell being a top hundred high school, <laughs> and you can't read a three syllable word. This is it's, well, he typed it wrong, but uh, undraftable. Uh, Kyle Madsen and Shrikar, um, two Twitter buddies, um, they're covering ridiculous sports headlines, um, which is this is pretty cool because uh, it's kind of something that people don't really don't really do or talk about. But they're they're covering ridiculous sports headlines across all you know basketball, football, whatever it is. Like Ronto CP3, they tie in you know Odell Beckham needing to take a piss apparently um, this weekend. Oh, you um, didn't so hear about this? I'll go I see. This. Yeah, my yeah. fantasy football team sucks. I don't watch football anymore, but that's pretty no, cool. Booger, so, guys, Booger make sure McFarland, to... um, the old, <laughs> give it a listen. The old NFL player made a uh, reference to Odell being a, a diva because he needs to use the bathroom. Like real football players just go in their pants on the field. <laughs> that was that's literally the context of it. So, um, you know that that's not for this pod. We'll let them have that. But that's uh, for that's for undraftable. So I'll yeah. say it right this. Time. And check out all the other Blue Wire pods, but let, let's get back to why the listeners are here, and that's not us <laughs> um, proving you know how how illiterate we are. Uh, that's week one impressions. So, what do you th- what are your thoughts on week one with the Warriors? Oh man, it's a large question. Um, I, I I've, this is the one that people are gonna like. I think Steph is uh, Steph is gunning for MVP. I think he's shooting like he's not. The last couple of years, he shot like he wanted. He was okay with being the second or third option. This season, for one reason or another, don't know. Doesn't matter. Who cares? He's hunting shots. He's not even like he's not even. He doesn't care. Or he cares about bringing people in the offense, but he doesn't anymore. Like he's just chucking them up because he knows that's the best shot that they can get, regardless of how much time is in. You know. So I have talk. a I have a theory Amazing. on that. I have a theory on that. And um, one, he's averaging eight assists a game. So. He's certainly not just hunting shots. He's just on the ball more. Um, Draymond being unhealthy, not having a camp, and kind of like really falling back as kind of like a role player, like a true role player, not like a Rajon Rondo role player, um, means Steph and KD are running the show. This is kind of what you've always talked about is like if they stick together, this is what the end game of their the two of them looking like is going to be. And that's kind of what it's been, you know, like – the ball is more in Steph's hand. The ball is more in KD's hand. Draymond's kind of playing more of a traditional role player role. And I think that's really what it is because Steph's a rhythm player. You put the ball in his hands enough, good things are going to happen, you know? Like he's going to start feeling himself. He's going to start just getting to the flow of the game. And then once he starts hitting shots, it's game over. Yeah. I mean, that's that's – this is like the – it's good and bad. I mean, it's pretty much you pretty much nailed it though. It's it's Draymond not being who he is right now. Um and that allows Steph and KD. Although to be fair, if I have to see KD shoot another freaking mid-range jumper, how many threes has he shot across uh, you know, across the four games? So that's right? like, the, so that's a weird thing. Um Steph It's not even made, about the makes. Just shoot more three just Steph from him. Made, Nobody else I care about. Well, Clay too, but Steph has made more threes than everyone else on the roster combined. He's almost taken more too. Um, well, he's on pace to break his own record again, I think. He is, but it's been four games, so we're not gonna go. He's had it's many. Okay. I'm, he's, I'm had, okay. he's had many four game spans where he's Love like it. on pace to hit eight hundred threes. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, actually, Anthony Slater wrote about it today, but it's something both you and I have um, kind of talked about, um, not on the pod, obviously, because we haven't really potted since the regular season started. Um, Warriors' three-point attempts are down as a team. They're they're a little lower than they were last year, but um, everyone else has taken so many threes that the Warriors, outside of Steph, are a pretty pedestrian shooting team. Um, and it's it's kind of strange... Uh, because like everyone just associates three point shooting with the Warriors, but they've kind of been lapped in that regard. Now they're kind of like the Spurs; like they take some threes, they take some mid rangers, they take a lot, of, take some at the rim, but they're about execution. They're not like the team that's gunning anymore. Well, but but here's here's the thing: is and correct me if I have the wrong numbers because I don't didn't even look at the numbers because I'm lazy. But I feel like they've. Are they not shooting relatively the same amount of threes that they did when Kerr first started running the team? Because they've always only ever had two or three three-point shooters. Stephen Clay, right? And then, you know, Barnes is okay. And then they had, you know, maybe a little, you know, better bench guys back then in terms of shooting. And nowadays, they've got Steph, Clay, and KD. And that's all they have in terms of shooting and a little bit of Jarebko. But they've always had this team where they only have two or three guys that can essentially make threes. It's that the only the good thing about it is those two or three guys are like the best of all time. But I feel like that's always been the case. Like Andre Goodall and Draymond have always been like on the team. And then you've always had Bogut, Barnes always in hit or miss, right? So you've always had a team where it's like you've got Steph, you've got Clay, and now you got Ed K D, but that's always that's it though. So that, I, feel I like mean that, that is the changed. that is the roster construction to a degree. There's they they have the two greatest shooters of all time and maybe the best scorer of all time. Like Kitty's in that it doesn't matter. But either way, they want to surround them with if if they could, they would surround them with just like the the rest of the roster would just be Igadalas. You know, like smart passers. It's true. It's yeah, no, go ahead. That you're exactly right. So so I mean their their star players are not drive and kick to create threes for Kyle Corver for, you know, uh, Eric Gordon, however you want to do it. Um, they're, they want guys who can make that extra pass to find their star player in movement. Yeah, that's – so it's on – it's not really on Steve Kerr, but that you're right, though. That's the system, right? Because if they wanted to, they could just have Nick Young stand in the corner and they could have, like, another dude, like, I don't any any three-point shooter stand in the corner and they could just run Steph, KD, pick and roll, and Steph, Draymond, pick and roll all day and find those guys for threes, right? But the problem is – when you start making guys like Nick Young have to set back screens, they start to get all screwed up because they don't know what the fuck they're doing on the court, right? And then all of a sudden, like, they don't know. They're, like, out of their element because the only thing that they can do is shoot threes. But if you're asking them to do more than that, they they all get messed up. I think Jarebko kind of had that issue, but he's, he's starting to become better because um, maybe he's just a smart player is that he, he even said, like, the offense, the sets may be a little bit tougher to pick up and – that that's the problem. You can't really focus on just standing there and shooting threes, which should so, be the I mean, job. It, it does bring the question. It, mm-hmm. The system does make sense because Stephen Stephen Clay are the two two of the best uh, just off ball players in the NBA. Like the thing with Steph that's unique is he's almost as good. He's as good on ball as he is off ball. Like it's just a very name another player like that. You can't right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you want to put him in motion. And the only way to take advantage of that motion is to have guys who can pass around him. Like you could take advantage of that motion if you put a Westbrook or LeBron with them too, but that doesn't fully take advantage of everything they can do. So um, the system makes sense and it makes sense to put um, all these passers around them, but they've kind of reached a point where they could use one more shooter off the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I see here. Here's the thing: if you get guys like that, it works well with LeBron and West because those guys need the ball at all times, and so it works. So they'll shoot threes because that's it. That's all they like. Ryan Anderson, right? But it, sure. the they're trying to find that balance between having Ryan Anderson be able to dribble and create and pass and cut. Like that's not his role. And like you're also not going to be able to get those guys if you already have like four or five all stars on your team. Like you're not going to get those players. You can't. Right, you're getting, have, the, you're getting the deeply flawed yeah. vet minimum types, and if the trade-off is like shooter who can do nothing but shoot, like a Nick Young or 
um, kind of a goonish guy who can't shoot, they're they're siding with the goon. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's fine. It makes total sense. Like I, that's why they took Jacob Evans. Uh, he's had a slow start. I don't know if he'll be good, but like the the thought on him was high IQ guy who knows how to move the ball and he could hit threes in college. Yeah, that's true. Um, they you know they didn't draft him thinking he's going to be a ten point per game guy or like 20 points or anything like that. They're just like, if this guy can just do Livingston, uh, McCaw role player things and hit an open jumper, that's all we need. Yeah. Um, and th- that's the, the annoying part for me is though, is that they should have shot. They should have signed Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford wanted to play for the Warriors. The players wanted Jamal Crawford to play for the Warriors and they didn't sign him. And I, I think I so here's the thing. I don't think this matters. I don't think the three point shooting really matters that much um, because Clay's going to shoot better. Katie's going to shoot better. They'll be fine. And that's always how it's going to be. And then they'll get cousins back when it does matter. But if it does end up mattering for some reason, which is probably not great in the first place, they should have signed Crawford. Like it doesn't matter if he's an old veteran or anything like that. Like he's someone that's going to be able to create and do something right every time. Well, they need like, another wing. But I do think they're they're kind Every of. Every time I watch McKinney, I'm like, dude, he just does. He does, I mean, he's fine, but like, get someone that can actually project. take three dribbles forward, not yeah. sideways. Yeah, I think I. To me, it seems pretty obvious. They're like, we're gonna take some flyers on guys like McKinney, Evans, stuff like this, and if need be, you know, we'll hit the buyout market for that vet who can help us for the stretch run if we're still thin. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's kind of. It's smart. One, it saves you cap space. <laughs> and then two, um, there's always a, I'm trying to think of vets who got bought out, but like a, a Vince Carter or someone like that. Like you can pick a guy up like that in February, March, and you know they can give you 10 minutes a game. And that's really all the Warriors are going to be searching for at that time of year is like, we just need another reliable body if, if Iguodala is in foul trouble. Or he can't play, and we need someone else to give us backup minutes. Yeah, um, I don't know, but let's 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 go into this. So it's the Utah game is an early candidate for game of the year, um, and then since then the Lakers have given us two game of the year candidates, but like in an ironic way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which one should we go into? Let's, let's start with the, let's start with the Warriors. Um, uh, Would you? How serious do you take Utah? Um. Man, it's funny because they've they lost to the Grizzlies a couple of days later, which is a funny thing because Clint Capella said the other day, like, oh my god, these teams are coming at us. Like, dude, this is what happens when you're good. Um, and the Rockets didn't win anything last year, so I don't even know why he's whining about making excuses. But um, Jazz obviously played like the game of their life. Um, I, I do take him seriously um, against uh, every team besides the Warriors because I think when it is the playoffs, the Warriors like Gobert doesn't really matter. Right. right, like I, I think, like I think, I think everyone agrees with that. So I don't think that's like a rare sentiment. But he doesn't really matter that much uh, when the games start to become more important. Um, but I do think they need uh, they need one more guy, and Dante Exum doesn't really look like that guy. But um, if they have if they have another guy, then it's scary. Like if Dante Exum makes that Donovan Mitchell leap that Mitchell did like mid year. Um, into to a really good guard, then like then they're serious. Um, but other than that, like you're not really scared of you know. I mean, yeah, Joe I'm, I'm, great, but you're not really scared of Joe Ingles and, yeah. and Mitchell. You're not really scared of him either. He's not really explosive, right? Like he's a good scorer, but he's not like people compare him to Dwayne Wade, but he's not Dwayne Wade. Like he's not. Yeah, even he's, close. he's closer to Dame than Dwayne. Uh, hey, your mic. Um, what I was gonna say is, I'm with you there. They're very well coached. They have a bunch of good players. They just don't have transcendent players yet. Like, I kind of think Donovan Mitchell is on his way to being that. I don't know how long it'll take him to get there. I don't think it'll be this year, but that's fine. I mean, he's in his second year. Uh, but they still need one more guy, in my opinion, to truly be that. Um, title contender and that's not just a warrior thing we saw it versus houston last year i think it's you kind of need multiple guys of that level to truly contend and they're in the right direction they're gonna be really good i wouldn't be surprised if they were the one or two seed to be honest um down i mean i think the warriors are gonna be the one seed but there's always a chance the warriors just you know 
everyone gets hurt and they stop trying. But either way, I think Utah has a chance to be the best non-Warrior team in the West record-wise. Like, they're going to roll wins. Hey, you did – actually, you, you mentioned that earlier about the Warriors trying harder, though, um, which is true because I think we I were think talking about this mid-game. It was surprising, too. Yeah, it's it's been sloppy. They're fouling a little too much. Um, the execution isn't great, but th- they're playing hard. And that's really all I want. Like, I don't care if the execution's there or not. Like, I, no one expects it to be there in October. But they make the games watchable. Like, last season – was was not watchable, you know what I mean? Um, and but they're they're playing they're playing hard. I have a theory. I think that um, because the the players or the coaches sort of think that KD is out the door, I think that they kind of don't care about like, hey, let's get him the ball so he's happy. And I think KD has kind of said like. Look, like I don't need you guys to pitch me. I mean, he might just be saying this shit, but he's like, "Hey, I don't need you to pitch me. I don't need you to do this." And I think Steph and you know whoever it is is just like, "All right, well, if that doesn't matter to you, we're just gonna play how we've played, you know, and we're not gonna care if you don't get the ball or not." And either way, he's gonna get the ball, right? Because he's KD and he's great. Um, but I think that um, energy ha- has made them become more of who, more of what made they're them playing the free, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I, I think, don't know. I honestly think it's all related to Steph. Um, because obviously he's he's the sun, he's the moon, he's everything. Now. <laughs> what I was going to say is uh, when he plays aggressive and just like controls the game, it's just, nothing else really matters. Like everyone's in a good mood. Nothing you matters. Know? You know what I'm saying? It's It's like when he was missing all that time, all of a sudden – everyone's getting moody and they can't find good shots. And when, when he's in that rhythm, it's just kind of like, Hey, we're just going to go out there and hoop and try our hardest. And you know, the chips will fall where they may. We may lose to Denver, but we'll be to Utah, you know, but we're going to, you know, we're not going to be involved with the BS that involves every other team in the NBA with like, I'm not getting my shots. I'm not getting the credit I deserve, that sort of thing. He has kind of like this calming presence where it just kind of, we're just going to play our game and have fun. You think uh, you think Katie's getting to the rack more this year? I've kind of oh, noticed totally. that, which I think is weird. I don't know why, but it well, seems I, that I way. can't put my finger on why he and Cl- he's not shooting as many threes. Clay, I kind of get uh, because Clay needs to be set up, and they've played some good defensive teams who've just kind of run him off the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but – Katie's been very aggressive, and I know Kerr wants him to be, but it's um, yeah. I, I don't know what's got into him. He's he's just attacking the rack all the time. You, you know, I, I take it back. My frustration earlier. I think the last couple of years that um, I think he's chucked too many threes. The last couple of years, like he's you know those hero shots that if Steph takes them, we're like, oh yeah, fuck, who gives? Who cares? It's Steph. Like chuck three more up after you you shoot. You know, after you miss a thirty four, right? right? I think KD does the same thing, and I think he he's not Steph as a shooter. He's still one of the greatest, but like he'll miss them, and everyone will be like, "Hey, look, come on, man, just get to the hole. You seven feet." And so I think this season he's done a really good job of just saying, "Hey, screw it, I'm just gonna get to the hole. Or I'm just gonna shoot a ten foot fadeaway." Um, and so now that I think about it, that's actually like that's actually a really good thing. It, it'd just be nice if he shoot more threes because you know he's a great. There's three. a balance. There's a balance to be had. But getting to hole works. I mean. Yeah, I've never really had an issue with his shot selection, um, at least oh, this year. Um, I, it's, I, there's, I don't know what shot KD can take where I'm like, yeah, don't take that. You know, that's <laughs> like he's pretty good. Um, what I was gonna, what I have issues with is when it gets into like him isoing seven possessions in a row and like Kerr encouraging it. Like, all right, all right, let's let's like. Let's let's get him off a of pin down. Let's let, let's do something else because like now you're just turning everyone else into role players. But that hasn't really happened this year, so there's no real concern. And that's kind of that's kind of the thing with this team that they're you know you're mostly just trying to find ways to keep everyone in rhythm because obviously the talent's there. Um, so it's just kind of hard to do that. Are you are you worried though? Like there's there are I can I can hear whispers not of you but of people that are a little worried um, about the Warriors kind of uh, 
zig, zig whatever the hell of the analogy is, right? Zigging, zigging when everyone is zagging or whatever it is. Um, that they're going to, sh you know, they're shooting more, you know, mid-range shots because people are giving them when everyone's shooting 43s a game. I mean, are you worried about that? Not yet. Um, I would like to see them take more threes, but I don't know where they're going to come from um, beyond uh, Clay and KD. Um, I'm, my concerns are more Draymond's health. Um I don't know that I should be concerned about, but like I'm just always going to be concerned about his health because he's just an anomaly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little depth related, and everything else I think kind of falls where it may. Um, they got into a seven game series with Houston because they didn't execute more. I I think their issues with Houston were more. Um, it was execution, but it was like emotional execution. There was like there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that was weird. It had nothing to do with what Houston was doing. Houston was taking 50-some threes a game. <laughs> by the way, that was one of the more flukier um, seven-game series. But by, by the way, um, for my uh, for my Giants fans, our guy Eduardo Nunez just hit a three-run homer to put the Sox up 8-4. So um, we're good. So actually, I'll under the great postseason start. But sorry, go ahead. Do you think Kershaw – do you think at least Kershaw has his jersey retired in a gentleman's establishment <laughs> like Harden? <laughs> You think so? You think I, he's one of those guys? I don't, but at least like I mean, if he's gonna if be he's the hardness, he's gonna be the hard in the postseason. <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't get people that just attribute that. But this relates to basketball. I just don't get people who attribute when somebody consistently doesn't perform or not maybe underperforms that they can just chalk that up to saying like, hey, you know what? Random sample. Like, just random sample size. You know that's math. Like, do you not understand that this, sports... this has always been my issue with with statics? And like, I'm a stat guy. I like numbers. I've, it's true. Um, it's it just you should take the fact that athletes who play tell you there's an emotional impact in the moment. Like that affects their decision making, and maybe maybe you should try to like make it impact their decision-making less, but it doesn't change the fact that it's humans going through a certain motion that there is such a thing as the hot hand as clutch as stuff like this. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always going to bother me. You know, there's usually the clutchest player on the floor is the one who's the calmest. I mean, speaking of uh, calm yesterday when somebody out here was trying to call a timeout in a regular <laughs> season with none remaining. What do I even have to say? And then, well, that was more being free throws. That was more being uninterested. Oh, yeah, how God. you can how you can call a guy who never hit eighty percent on free throws the goat? That's just lazy. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's lazy. You know, you know what are the the funniest part of that is too that after the game, uh, he goes. Um, you know, I was a little paraphrase. I was a little bothered by it. Then I took a shower. Now I don't care anymore. He doesn't give a shit about the Lakers. Like he, there's nothing he cares about less than the Lakers. Like when, when that fight happened and then he like held Chris Paul's hand and walked off the court. Like he doesn't care about the Lakers. And this honestly, is, this is kind of my issue with the, the goat thing. He got his win versus the Warriors in 16. He took advantage of a vulnerable team. It was a, it was a it it was an amazing three game performance. Like I, I will not take anything away from it. It was, but he pretty much is just like I checked the box. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's a take for you. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for this one. Um, I'm I'm ready, man. Michael Jordan was obsessed with winning championships. Kobe Bryant was obsessed with winning championships. LeBron was obsessed with being called the GOAT. There's a difference. One, two of those guys are obsessed with trying to figure out how to win team titles. One of them is obsessed with how to be viewed as the best player. That's, that's, I, no one's going to convince me otherwise, but there's too much. There, there's just way too much evidence that suggests to me one of these three is not playing the game with the purest intentions. 
<laughs> oh shit. Pierre's intentions is fantastic. I, I remember in 2015, 2014, 2015, when he was, knew he was going to lose that series. Um, and when they were, they, they were losing, he goes, I like something along the lines of, I still know I'm the best player on the court. Like we, first of all, even if that's true, who cares? Like that has nothing to do with the fact that you're about to lose to the Warriors, right? Um, and they're about to win the first title in like 30 years or whatever it is. Like that has nothing to do with that, with you being the best player on the court. You know what the, the great thing and about he was, me, that's fine. And he, yeah, and he was. And like the, we never said he wasn't too. Like nobody ever said that. It's just like, wh- why is that worth mentioning? Um, but for him, it does. I mean, he does call, he does have a thing tattooed king on his. Uh, whatever, but chosen one cho- or or that. See, the thing about KD is like he has the same thing, right? Where like he wants to be known as like the best player, and but he also values winning. Like he also values winning. There, there's above. an internal struggle with him. <laughs> That's the interesting thing that about is it. The struggle, right? <laughs> that is that is the struggle. Like he probably doesn't like that. You know, a lot of people. A, I think there's. A, I think there's a growing. His, he's a hope. He's a hooper at his core. He just wants to play and like let his play speak for him. But then he starts seeing people like yeah. not appreciating it, and he can get in these emotional states. And I get it. So it's like I feel bad. That's true. It's true. And like he, um, th- like that. Like that's the thing. Like he this year, I think there's going to be a growing, a larger. Um, uprising where people are going to say, hey, you know what? Like Steph like did beat KD and he did we- win MVP twice. And like he may actually be the best player on the team instead of like these weird qualifiers where he's like the most important player, but not the best player on the team. You know, that type of shit. Like I think there's some of the stuff this season where people are going to say, you know what? Like Steph is actually the best player on the team. Um, so I want to actually, I want to get into this because I think this is a fascinating discussion. Um, best player versus most important player um, or just Steph versus KD um, because Steph has a larger impact on team. There's no way around it, but situational basketball, there are a lot of situations where I'd rather have KD and I don't Ooh. know how to quantify who's the better player. You know what I mean? Um, and I get it when someone says KD is the better player, they're literally talking about like individual skill and just individual impact. Like if they play one-on-one. Yeah. Like I, I don't know that anyone in the NBA can beat KD one-on-one. Um, I would be surprised. Like how, how are you going to beat That's a seven true. footer with guard skills who can shoot as well as anyone and can probably guard you in a one-on-one setting. That's true. Um, but but, so but basketball is so a team here, game. Yeah. No, it's just a it's it's a fascinating question because uh, the way people answer it kind of tells you how they view the game to a degree. Well, okay, so I think there's different ways to answer it as well. So I I do think like in a regular season, I think Steph is a better player um, because offense matters more um, in the regular season. Not not many people play like great defense; they're not as locked in. Um, and so the, on defense, it doesn't really matter. And KD also doesn't play defense in the regular season. So that's another thing as well. So I think, so I think he is a better player overall in the regular season. That gap does narrow, I think, in the postseason because uh, KD is able to turn it up on defense like he did in 2016. Um, and you're able to see like that two way effect, right? And, and and Steph is a little bit, maybe a little less great because of well, the way there's only so much he can do at 6'3. The, the whole thing for me comes down to the fact that you can trap Steph to a degree because of his size. Um, it creates a mismatch, but you need the team to be able to take advantage of the mismatch. Like in 15, the Warriors took advantage of it. In 16, Harrison Barnes missed a bunch of shots. If Harrison Barnes makes those shots, it doesn't matter that Steph was injured and played poorly because his oh, double... still on the team. We're probably his, thinking about yeah, him right now. What, what, that's all I'm saying, though. His double team... His double team got Harris would have got Harrison Barnes the open buckets to win a series, right? Um, whereas KD doesn't need that. No one's no one's stopping KD from getting a shot. Period. I mean, literally, I think only Anthony Davis can actually contest it at the peak of his shot. So it's it's a question of what you value more. Well, 
the and other that, thing, and, and that's underselling the fact that KD is a really good passer. He can do a lot of things. Like Kerr said it in uh, Zach Lowe piece last year, Kerr and Frazier. But do you have any doubt if a team ran their offense purely through KD, like he had a martyr ball set up, he couldn't average like thirty-two to thirty-five points and like seven to eight assists? Oh, like, yeah. he can he can oh, do that. Sure. That's not a question. He's that good. Um, so. It's just a question of like what you value. Yeah, but I I think um, I do also think that defense doesn't matter as much um, in in today's game. I think like there is only so much. But this isn't even do. a defensive question. But I mean, I th- so so here's the thing. I, here's the thing. Like Steph is that much better of an offensive player that I think it masks the difference in defense that gives right. The, Cause the difference between KD and Steph is that it's defense, right? Like I think that everybody would agree on that. It's like, Hey, like Katie's seven feet tall. Steph is six, three, like Katie's great on defense. He's long. Right. Um, I think that's the difference. Usually I think that's what people give. Like they'll say, Hey, Katie's better. But I, 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 I don't think know. That, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact Katie can get a shot at any time he wants. Like there are situations. I mean, it's just a reality. Um, you can trap Steph in the half court. And like I said, you have to put two to three defenders to get the ball out of his hands, in which case, like, any competent player should be able to take advantage of what he's just done to the geometry of the court. But it's still it's still an indirect effect versus, like, a, versus a direct effect. Well, I mean, the thing is, people do have a choice on who they want to double, right? And they always end up doubling Steph. So I think that does speak on, like, they they do think one is the better def, uh, the better offensive player. Um, I don't think it's close. As great as KD is, I think what Steph can do is you don't just. I mean, shooting forty five percent from three on volume with the type of looks that he takes. Like if he scaled that back maybe a little bit and didn't shoot full court shots all the time, like he may even shoot fifty percent from three. Um, and and so I think like that's that. It's like he's far and above the best offensive player. I mean, regardless of what he's for sure the best offensive weapon. Now, now I'm just putting all these weird qualifiers. (laughs) I'm doing doing what other people say, but um, devil's advocate. It's all right. I don't know. Like it's um, it's interesting. It's you can you can stretch it for Steph versus other players too because it's his the way he controls a game is so different. You know what I mean? Than, um, than what we think of as a traditional superstar, that it's it's um, it, it's just a fascinating question. I actually want to bring this up from a friend of the pod, Darius Soriano from Forum Blue, Blue Gold, uh, who by the far, by the way, has the best Lakers coverage. If you ever want to <laughs> read what they got going on, um, all the Warrior fans were trolling LeBron missing the free throws at the end of the game Monday night. And so he goes, Warrior fans hyping up Kobe at the expense of LeBron makes me smile because their Kobe is Durant. And you know what? I agree with him. Um, I think Steph and Durant are the best partnership since Kobe, Shaq. They're better than Wade and LeBron. Um, and there's a lot of similarity to that where like most people would say Shaq was the better player. And the whole system revolved around Shaq, but Kobe was the counterpunch because sometimes you just start doubling and tripling the post and like daring someone else to take advantage of you. And the Warriors have kind of inverted that, but it's the same thing. It's like Steph is the system, um, but sometimes teams just overplay him. You need the counterpunch. You need that dude who could just get a bucket and kind of take advantage of like just a counterpunch. Yeah, I think stylistically that that's correct. I think I think mentally it might be a little bit different. Um, I think I think well, Kobe the, was the mental is more about like the emotional connection for fans. In other words, one guy was drafted and one guy wasn't. Well, I think just mentally how they feel about basketball is is a little bit you know is a little bit different. I think I think Steph, as much as he would love to win more MVPs and he would love to win. I mean, believe me, he would love to win a finals MVP, right? I think at the end of the day, like he'll live, right? As long as he wins titles, um, which is kind of along the lines of Kobe. Um, I, I think KD 
and I don't think KD is similar to either of those guys, Kobe or Shaq, mentally, is that I think he wants the recognition to come along with the winning just as much as the winning itself. Like, he wants to win the finals MVP. Like, and, and you can see, like, it's not even enough for him, right, sometimes. Um, and just winning the titles is amazing. But and, and that's kind of the reason why, like, he's thinking about going to the Knicks, right? It's because, well, it's great winning titles, but where can I get more recognition to be known as the greatest player on earth? Um, I, I don't. I don't think I don't know if those guys were ever like that, Kobe, Shaq, or, or Steph. Um, but I think Steph is more along the lines of like, hey, like, it's all about it's more of an and old Kobe's school. always been like that too, right? Kobe's always so, been it's a little bit it's it's more of an old school approach. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Katie and Braun are, are good friends, so <laughs> so it spills into uh to his thought process, right? And and, and I, I guess like it's hard to understand that because I mean, how many KDs are there and how many times are we like the greatest we are at that profession? Right. So it's a little bit harder to understand, but um, I think there's a part of that, but we'll see. I mean, all of this is like, we'll see at the end of the season. Like if KD signs like a, a max then all of a sudden all this shit, like is kind of out of the water. I like, it's like, Oh, well, all the stuff we said is kind of not true. KD does just, you know, want to be happy when titles in the Bay, like, it all works out, but you know, if he leaves or if he, you know, I think we kind of think he may sign a one and one and one or whatever. Like, if he does that again, that it's yeah, like, we have to do this dance for a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a every episode this season. This is what we're gonna do. But no, I, I I do like I do like that comparison on the court though. Um, I think that's what kind of made Shaq underrated, right? Like, I think people were like, "Oh, Shaq's lazy. He could have been way better." But they also don't really realize but it didn't at the time. See, I'm a little older than you. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'm a lot older. <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say, at the time, it was all about Shaq. Shaq was, I mean, n- people hadn't seen anything like Shaq. Like, he was just such a presence. At that point, it was still like the conventional wisdom. You need the big man to win, and yeah. he was obviously the best big man. Um, and it, it was more um, that he was, it, it was just, it was all about Shaq. I think, I think that drove, this is where the comparison goes wrong. That drove um, Kobe a little insane because at, he felt at some point he'd like equaled Shaq, and it was still they weren't treated equally. There was a little of that like Braun Kyrie thing there to a degree where it's like I'm putting in more work, I'm just as good as him, and but I'm the little brother, and this guy's like the man, you know that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I mean, but no comp is going to be my 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 comp was purely basketball. Whereas like one guy is like this unique system and the other guy is just a counterpunch. I actually think if KD leaves, that's part of the reason he'll leave because you can, bu- you can build a system around KD. It's not like KD's KD doesn't need to there. There are ways to play basketball that aren't the way he was forced to play in OKC and the way the Warriors play with Steph, you know, like yeah, there's I mean- other variations where he can be the focal point. I mean, he won an MVP. Remember when he averaged yeah. like, like you literally 32, just like thirty-two, yeah. six and six, yeah, like some ridiculous. And, and this is right. And these are numbers that are a couple of years back before, like you know, everybody's dropping one twenty-five nowadays, right? So, like, put that in today's NBA, he's probably he'd probably drop at thirty-six per game. Like that's nuts. Um. So yeah, he's, no, he's, I, if nothing else, he's the most effortless scorer I've ever seen. Um. So that's this is because I I love talking about this because I still I I pray that there's going to be more times ahead like Steph and Katie but they had a sequence against the Jazz where um where where it was it was Katie uh, posting up and then there was a a triangle movement off ball a split cut and then you know Steph comes off of that shoots a three and then the next possession it's Steph driving and kicking a KD for a three. Um, I, man, I, I, that's like, those are the times where I like really don't want to see KD leave. Cause it's like those two guys can carry a franchise for so long. Like right now with, with Draymond being hurt or whatever he is, right. And, and Clay and, in a funk. It's, yeah. this is like their show and it's not, it's never been more fun than to watch those two guys average 30 points. And I, I think it's going to be like that, you know, as early as you know, this postseason, right? If they have to go up against, you know, your Jazzes, your Rockets again, and then the Celtics or the Raptors, 
Like they're gonna need those guys to drop thirty five to win like two or two games. You know I mean, yeah, and, because and it, it comes be back games. to it comes back to our point on Clay, like um, or yours more than mine. Clay's right. Clay's a um, Clay's great at what he does, but there's ebbs and flows with it. Like he's not a consistent twenty. He's a I got forty, and then the next game it's like I got twelve. Um, so there's not like that consistent, you know, like Steph, Steph and Katie, if you put the ball in their hands, they're consistent. Um, Clay's all over the place and it, and it averages 20 by the end of the year. Um, and then Draymond, like his, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's going to look like once he gets himself into shape, but like there does feel like there's some drop off in terms of his offensive production. Um, and if that drop off comes, like he truly is just kind of like the best role player in the NBA. <laughs> um, and, and then he's also going to be pissed when he has to sign a an extension. That's the role like, player deal. Yeah, I know. That's like, like maybe eighty five or whatever, right? What is he even up for? What can he even get? Like one twenty, maybe. Um, I, I never check, but he with the, the way the cap goes, he can get a lot. But it's it's not looking like it. They'll probably this, offer him this, like this isn't more. a light years tough pick. You guys should listen to Dunked On. Light so. years dunked on. <laughs> maybe we'll get them on. Yeah. Um, At some point. I don't know what what Draymond's free agency ends up is fascinating because it's like it really is. He's if you talk about impact, he's worth a lot of money. But then you're you're kind of always wondering who's going to be that team who's like willing to sink all their money into the perfect glue piece. Uh, I I think I think he'll get like so like some team that's kind of like um that's kind of like a younger team that needs a veteran big man is probably going to throw him the bag. But what's interesting is it sucks for him because he has another year left. Like, what if he was a free agent this year, right? Not after this year, but before this year. They probably have to pay him whatever. Um, but now that they have to wait two seasons, they're kind of like – it kind of screws Draymond because he's only going to get – I don't want to say worse, but he, he's not going to get any better, right? Unless he su- can su- suddenly shoot like 36% on threes, which we haven't seen that since fifteen sixteen. So, um I mean, yeah. I mean, Kerr is, Kerr is just killing his three point percentage. Still, my favorite stat. He shot forty one percent under Luke, and forty one percent under Mike Brown, and then like thirty percent with Kerr. Just it's, let him shoot. That's my thing. Yeah, let my, let my guy shoot. Let my, yeah, I, I don't even. Care. A lot of people. It's funny though. A lot of people say like, don't let him shoot. But my thing is, you're gonna need him to shoot anyway. Like, you can't just not have a guy that can't shoot play that many minutes if you're not going to let him shoot then don't play yeah, if, he, if he's not going to shoot he better be an amazing rim runner and he's not that so, <laughs> um, like uh well, hey, we didn't talk about damian jones but but yeah, we're let's coming get, up, let's get into a little damian jones yeah right it's kind of uh i was asking you this morning i was asking sam per sources my source and i was asking him like you think you th- there, there's no way that they're gonna they're gonna screw up you know this damian jones thing by by uh by not you know extending him or whatever it is or picking up his option is what i'm trying to say um which they kind of messed up with looney last year but looney was bad so with dj they're probably going to pick that up and he's been good like he's been like he's been he's javel is what i call him but he definitely has potential to be more than that because his brain has potential to grow and i think javel is kind of who he is nowadays although he's been decent but um but dj could be really good he could i i like him i mean he's so there's a lot of players that are similar to him, like rim running, kind of active bigs, but they developed him right. I'll, I'll give I'll give the Warriors this: they um, he's turned into like he's a competent NBA player. I I've been pretty impressed with him, and uh, I'm curious to see what they can do with him. Do you think there's another level? Do you think there's another yeah, Damian Jones they, level? They- what do you yeah, like? I bet I bet you behind the scenes they probably they want think him to he be could like, be Capella. <laughs> like <laughs> I was gonna say, maybe one rung lower, like DeAndre Jordan, right? Another DJ, but um, I, I, mean, I think he's got some great hands. I'll give that's the thing that sticks out to me, like beyond the hyperactivity. How many big men have you seen who are like, man, they're big, they're active, they move, and they can't catch anything? Like Festus, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, he's got some. He's got hands. Yeah, he's got hands. Like he can, he jumps. He's not afraid to to be around the rim, right? Like Jordan Bell's not playing, and he's. They say he's not in the doghouse, but every time he's on the court, he don't want to shoot. Like when I play basketball, I, I understand because I barely shoot. <laughs> so like I get, you know, Jordan Bell. Like I feel you. We're not the same dude, but 
Every time Jordan Bell is within eight feet of the hoop, he is not looking at the rim. And you cannot, if you're the center, you cannot do that, right? And and I think that's something where they're like, well, Damian Jones is willing to do that, and he's willing to, to finish, and he can finish. He's also like four inches taller, but um, he's willing to finish. He's willing, like he's got to play. And I think you know what the thing is, like DJ's a first year, a first round pick, so like they can probably keep him. Um, like they said, they could pick up his option. Jordan Bell is a restricted free agent, and <laughs> I bet part of it's like, you know, like maybe we can kind of hide Jordan Bell, and you know, maybe nobody signs him, right? So like, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of like if you were kind of thinking of it that way, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's it. I think it's just Kerr, Kerr's stubborn. Um, I don't think he gets enough grief for his stubbornness, like because he's he's kind of a progressive, laid back person in general, but like. When it comes to coaching, he's he's as fill and pop as it gets. Where it's like you do things my way, or I, you know, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, um, that's he's true. got the. Uh, there's there's something that they want Jordan Bell to do that he's not doing, and they feel very comfortable putting him third in line because like they know what Looney's going to do, and Jones has been just really good. So. I mean, his defense isn't great, obviously, because he's young and he jumps a lot, right? He probably doesn't even know what he's doing on defense. But, um, you know, he's he's not any worse than, than – or he's not any – like he's kind of the same as Jordan Bell on defense because Jordan Bell makes similar mistakes. He jumps too much. He's everywhere, doesn't really know what's going on, right? And so it's kind of similar to that. So And when that's the case, like unless Jordan Bell – exhibits all of a sudden Draymond Green tendencies on defense where Draymond after Just like, like omnipresent like yeah like I after know exactly two, where you're moving and my hands tell. will be there yeah. yeah like that like what Draymond can do on defense is stupid like nobody can do that right and, and like outside of like Iguodala yeah, we're, seeing with, we're seeing with the Lakers you can't just go small and assume it's gonna work <laughs> so like uh, LeBron was supposed to scale back his minutes, but I don't understand how you're going to play like 33 minutes a game and still expect to win, right? Unless like Brandon Ingram becomes KD. Like how are you going to play LeBron 33 minutes and expect to win, you know, the 46 games that you're going to need to? Um, so anyway, but um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's just no reason for Jordan Bell to play. Like it, it really, it makes sense. Like as, as stubborn as Curry is, like, He's not the finisher that Jones is. He's not the defender that Looney is. So why is he in the game, right? It's not like he's he can pass, but he's not that great at. There's no reason for him to pass if he's open. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense that he's kind of stuck there. I don't really know when he's gonna get out of the doghouse, so to speak, unless somebody gets hurt. I don't know, man. But we should get out of here. We did have a um, we had a good first week of action. This is going to post Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we're posting Wednesday because we got the Wizards Wednesday oh, night. Wizards are classic. just classic. It's just uh, it's one of the um, well, well, we'll hit on it another time. But the Wizards are <laughs> always they're always good for some some quotes. Wizards, Knicks, Nets, and Bulls is what, what we've got coming up. So we'll probably record you know sometime next week again. But it, it should be an easy uh, four a week. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys next week.